This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. <laughs> From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergath. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Todd and Friends Podcast, brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, Greg Snow, sitting in on a beautiful Monday morning, one of the last beautiful days it looks like, for Todd Bergeth, but we can't uh, we can't let him get off the hook that easily. We got him on the road. He's coming back from Deadwood. It, which Is that North or South Dakota, Todd? Which one is it? I don't even know. You've never been here. You're missing out. No, so never been. Deadwood, South Dakota uh, is in the Black Hills. Um, you're not that far from the Wyoming border. So it's it's west yet, or well, actually, it's more north of uh, Rapid City. So you just go west on I ninety to Rapid City and up to Deadwood. It's a neat little old west town that first implemented uh, legal gambling back in the eighties, which just happened to be when I was living in Gillette, Wyoming, which was about is about two hours away. So I've been going to Deadwood ever since the eighties to have some fun and so forth, but. And uh, I had a good weekend last weekend, so it was a heater check this Ah. weekend for my poker game. And, yeah, it was just a hot day, not a hot week, apparently. (laughs) So so I'm headed home a little lighter in the pockets from a gaming establishment. Imagine that. Well, that's that's the game of uh, gambling, isn't it, right? It's not, can't always be winners. So, Todd, Dorker for me always. I don't look at it quite as much like straight-up gambling since there's a lot of skill in poker, that's why people make a living doing it. But uh, you still have to get some cards, that's for sure. That's a good point. Uh, you're right. Uh, we we we've talked about this before on the air. So, Todd, door to door, how far is it from Wilmer to Deadwood? Uh, I can give you a time wise. It's uh, it's about an eight hour drive. Eight hours. As a matter of fact, when we were talking about what time we were going to do this, Todd says that would be. Uh, one hour earlier for me, just in case you're wondering. I'm like, how far over there are you? Yeah, I'm still not in the central time zone. And I got up when I normally do about 5.30 and and uh, hit the road shortly after, you know, so I didn't have any reason to lay around in Deadwood. So I've done this before, like when I went to the World Series of Poker last year, I just go and stay. I'm not out. People ask, oh, did you see the sights? No, not really. That's not why I'm there. So I'm up and gone. So I've been driving since probably 6 a.m., oh. so uh, my time, an hour and a half, and I'm still not back into the central time zone. Okay, well, good enough, and we're going to help keep you awake a little bit uh, as we talk here. And as I mentioned, are oh, we going to run out of coverage? And Todd goes, well, let's try now. Come on. You never right. know. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, I'm very near the middle of nowhere. I think it's a few miles yet, and I will be in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Well, so if we lose Todd, I'll just monologue it here, and we'll figure out the rest of it. But hey, Todd, did you have a chance to um, to uh, get get in front of the TVs while you were playing? Did you happen to see the Gopher game versus Iowa? I did not, but I watched the uh, seventeen minute recap of it. Okay. afterward um, on my phone, so yeah, I know I I saw you know big plays of it. Uh, yeah, so kind of controversial, I guess. What did, what did you think on the fair catch play? Yeah, I was going to ask you that, uh, but uh, I, I'm unclear on how all those rules work. He definitely was waving off, and so I saw on X, um, for, uh, you know, used to be named Twitter, one guy put all the list of the fair catch rules and what is an illegal fair catch. And so even waving off your teammates, 
like get away, get away, get away, can be construed as an illegal fair catch signal, which kills the yeah. ball dead. So, Todd, as controversial yeah. as it was, um, I think it was the right call. And, again, this is uh, from a semi-unbiased opinion. I didn't really have a, a, a dog in the fight because, as I've mentioned on this show, P.J. Fleck is kind of on my watch list. I've got one eye open on him right now. And, you know, you go into to Iowa and don't score one touchdown um, and then get a kind of a generous call on what was a terrible coverage by the punt team. I mean, number 16, I don't know who he is. If he plays another down of special teams, I'll be shocked because he just didn't contain his edge. So I'm more upset about that. And I do think the, the Gophers got a favorable call, but I think it was the right call. Well, it isn't favorable if it's the right call. Right? I mean, it's just the correct. It's just the correct call. Uh, I thought so too. It looked to me like with his left arm, he's he's signaling fair catch, get away from the ball, whatever. Now he tried to say that I never raised my hand above my shoulder to indicate the fair catch, but there's other nuanced ways of signaling a fair catch. So this comes from two guys who live in Minnesota. I'm sure that the Iowa talk radio phones are lit up with how they got the shaft because they're going to take it straight from the top from Kirk Ferentz, who did nothing but criticize him, you can find me. Uh, he's uh, apoplectic about the whole thing. I mean, after all, Iowa had a chance to maybe play in the, in the Big Ten championship game and play on New Year's Day. That, that, was never, that is not in the cards for the Gophers, win or lose, uh, of this game. So Iowa, this is a much, much bigger loss for Iowa than, than it is a win for the Gophers for this season. In the grand scheme of things, it's a huge win for the Gophers, and and I'm glad they got it. The first time in Iowa City since 1999, and sure, it wasn't a a thing of beauty, but so what? It's a win at Iowa. I want to be happy about this. You right away are calling for P.J. Flex's job after a win against Iowa. Uh, I'm not so sure I'm there yet. Wait, wait a minute. It's it's easy to say, let's get rid of our guy. Well, who are you going to get? Wait a minute. I got one eye open. I'm not well, after a win. We can't. You can't send them packing on the road to a place we don't win. Time. Okay, that's so, right. So that's, that's right. So we'll give them that. Yeah, but the first thing you said is uh, PJ Flex on my watch list. Well, watch for what? What is? What are you watching for? Watch for his job, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what you're indicating. So that's the first thing you said was let's keep my PJ Flex job. They just beat Iowa, so I'm going to be happy for this week for the Gophers and all their fans. Now, I'll clearly admit, I'm much more of a Vikings fan than I am a Gophers fan because, well, the Gophers haven't done much my entire life. I am only 59, so they're still dying. But uh, they've never done anything, whereas the Vikings delivered four Super Bowls by the time I was 12. They lost them all, and I was crying after the first three, and after the fourth, I didn't care anymore. But uh, I, I still watch the Vikings much more closely than I do the Gophers. However, huge win for the Gophers. Let's be happy for that. But, yeah, not a thing of beauty, that's for sure. Well, let's back up a step then because we all know that that could have very easily, that call could have gone against us in a second. And there's no guarantees that the Gophers would have gone down and scored after that play to to tie the game or whatever the score would have ended up being. Correct. So, again, I think that, yes, we might have been lamenting that, hey, the guy was waving his arms and it should have been an illegal fair catch, but we wouldn't have known the rule right on sight. Um, I also thought it was semi-embarrassing that P.J. Fleck was uh, hounding the officials for whatever reason because the fans were throwing stuff onto the field, Todd. Again, that's not the oh. officials' fault. It's not the Iowa yeah, team's fault. Part of it. 
Again, yeah. that's the part that Flex got to control himself and understand there's nothing that the officials can do. They're not going to penalize the team for the fans' stupid behavior. So that's. Well, did they penalize Flex? No, thank goodness, but Fleck was going... And again, they made a good choice there, right? Because again, they should understand why Fleck was visibly upset. But at the end of all, of you're the guy that presents calm over there. He's done a lot of the good things of presenting calm, but in that scenario, I was like, PJ, come on, dude. There's nothing they can do when the fans are throwing things. I remember back in Syracuse, uh, which is one of my favorite basketball teams, and I don't know if you saw this, Todd, but... Jim Beheim, uh, when Syracuse fans were throwing stuff onto the floor, Jim Beheim goes over to the mic and he goes, we knock this off now or I'm asking the officials to forfeit this game. That's what a leader does, right? Again, you make those uh, concessions. Well, Again, and it, it's a different scenario. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. If, Sorry, Tom. Well, PJ, could, PJ couldn't do that. But, no. So he wanted the officials perhaps to have something said. So you indicate one thing you can do, you said the officials can't do anything. Well, yeah, they can. They can go over to the other sideline, explain to Kirk Ferentz, the Gophers players are getting drilled with uh, things from the stands. Uh, here's the microphone that I have as the referee, the white hat. We need you to address your fans to stop doing that or you're going to be penalized. Ooh. Could have done that. That's a good right? idea. I like that. So that's why, that's why Fleck was screaming at the officials. He can't go across the sideline and scream at fans and say your fans are being jerks, but the officials can. Well, that's a really good take, Todd. I uh, I, I like when you open my eyes a little bit on that because uh, although I am hearing from Iowa fans, they're not big fans of Kurt. They're ready to move on from him. Are you hearing this as well? Well, he's been there forever, and any coach that has been in his job for more than I would say five years without really delivering, the fan base is going to have a portion of the ones to get rid of him, right? Yep. I mean. P.J. Flack has a higher win percentage than, what, uh, going back to the 60s and prior when the Gophers had those dynasties. So in the modern era of football, after the Gophers were winning all the time, uh, does he have the best win percentage of a Gopher coach? And yet, there are people that want him gone, uh, despite the fact he's won more than other coaches we've had. But everybody gets five years, and after that, Unless they've really delivered the goods, people say there is always going to be somebody who wants them gone. So that's where Ferentz finds himself. He's been at Iowa forever. It's way longer than five years. He's been there, what, 15 maybe, something like that. So. Yeah, that's a fair take. All right, enough of the Gophers. Let's move on. A Sunday without the Vikings. Uh, I didn't find myself missing them. Uh, I've, I've become this... I don't even know what to call it, Todd. Kind of this, ah, whatever, they're not playing guy. Rather than, a, oh, man, I used to be a Vikings aren't playing. How am I going to figure out how to get to Monday? I don't even know how to do it. But I've just changed into this, into this, ah, whatever. It is what it is. I'll watch all these games that were just hey. unbelievable upsets. Go, where do you want to start? Uh, you know, I didn't get a chance to watch that much NFL, so you lead the way. I'll, I'll respond if I saw some. All right. I've been listening to some talk radio this morning. How, too. how about this one? Buffalo losing at New England. They were, they yeah, were the crazy. biggest favorites of the weekend. Yeah, there was a guy I was listening to some talk radio Sunday morning who was, uh, picks against the spread, and he said, I would bet your house on New England covering the eight against Buffalo. And I thought, wow, the eight is a big spread in the NFL. And then they win the game outright. Uh, who knows? And Mac Jones goes from looking like a stiff to Tom Brady-esque in the fourth quarter where he hits nearly every pass and throws two touchdowns. It's, it's why I would never try and make a living 
gambling on right. betting on the NFL. Right. It's so unpredictable. You just I, I can't believe there's people that actually pull it off because it, it really is unpredictable and, and that was one of the crazy ones. And how about Cleveland holding the forty ers to nothing last week and getting torched by Indianapolis and Gardner Binchu this week. So again sometimes it's matchups, you don't know what's happening. San Francisco had scored thirty or more points eight consecutive weeks. Cleveland shuts them down, makes Brock Purdy look like Mr. Irrelevant again. And then this week, Cleveland gets up 39 to a backup QB in Indianapolis. You can't figure it. I was talking to a couple members, Todd. You just, the whole week was, the the whole Sunday was just crazy. I mean, Chicago put a lick in on Las Vegas with the guy from Division Two quarterbacking yeah. who, who doesn't even have yeah. a, uh, when they interviewed him in the yeah. locker room, he doesn't even have a shirt on. He doesn't need one. He's got tattoos up and down all over his chest. And you, you're just He's like, a, Secret agent man. He's a secret yeah. agent man. Yeah. Maybe he's a tough guy because apparently he was he delivered the goods, which again now there's gonna be talk about well, do we need fields? Uh, we got this guy. Well it was one week. So let's just let's yeah. let's calm down because like you said, Cleveland looked like the number two defense in the league last week, and now they look like I mean, nobody would have had the over in that game, which was like seventy six points between the two of them uh, that they scored. Everybody would have picked the under. And and then you got the crazy upsets. How about the Giants with Tyrod Taylor back up beating Washington at Washington? I mean, these are just crazy things, Todd, that happened yesterday. I'm in a pick'em yeah. league, and it's red when you miss the game and green when you hit the game. And it is yeah. you, you just pick winners outright. You don't pick spreads. It's yeah. just winners. And our board yeah. is filled with red. It looks like stop sign central around. It is the worst week I've seen. I, I just can't figure it out. So that leads me into the beautiful segue. Don't you think the Vikings got a good shot tonight? No, I don't. <laughs> Okay, I really don't. boy, you you know I, something about Deadwood has really brought the uh, brought the old uh, go against yeah. Greg karma going here today. What? So, uh, well, that's part of that's part of the fun, right? Yeah. No, yeah, I, I really don't. I I don't know. I I think I wish the 49ers had won last week. So they just strike me as a great bounce back team. They lost the game last week and really were kind of embarrassed. It was Cleveland for crying out loud playing their backup quarterback who nobody knew who it was, I will guarantee you that they had no more focused practices all year than they just had in the last week. I think, and, and Christian McCaffrey's going to play. Now, Devo isn't, and that helps a lot. But McCaffrey is such a special player. I, I, I see this getting out of hand early and often for San Francisco tonight. Are you predicting like a Vikings versus Dallas last year type of a game, Todd? Possibly. Oh, that's depressing. I know. See, I hope I'm wrong. But like we just got done saying, there's no predicting the NFL. But that's just my gut and, and kind of my read on it. And the Vikings, you know, they just won, even though it wasn't a real pretty win. I don't think they really got that much confidence out of this win this last week. I'm not sure they feel like they're really that good either. Doesn't it seem like that sometimes? Yes. And they got guys dropping passes because they're concerned. You know, T.J. Hawkinson bats him down like a defensive end oftentimes. So it's difficult to see much confidence. The guy that gives them confidence is on the sideline wearing a hoodie. Now, it's great to have him over there with his teammates and, and kind of being half a coach. But without Justin Jefferson, I we have a talent gap with the 49ers that's fairly significant. 
So I, I, and I've seen the Vikings get blown out at home by worse teams. I just see bad news today. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I was just trying to go off the theme of, hey, anything can happen, and let's see if uh, maybe the Vikings can make anything happen. Uh, well, quick- you, 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 you were saying, you, okay, give me your reasons why you think the Vikings might have a chance to win. I could be completely wrong. Okay, so um, it being a week later, Monday night on the road, the Vikings have not lost four in a row at home. I, I think they said they go back, it might be 20, 30 years since they've lost four in a row to start the season at home. I think that comes into play a little bit. I think it's going to be an energized crowd. I think that could help a little bit. I think also if you put a little doubt in Brock Purdy from last week, again, you got to have to get to him, but Daniil Hunter is one of the top defensive ends in the league this year. He's having that kind oh, yeah. of a year. Uh, I, I've heard the offensive line is a little beat up for San Francisco, so if we can take advantage of that and get Purdy off of what he likes to do. But you, you nailed it, Todd. Shanahan is a master game planner. Uh, that West Coast offense that they run is just, um, he gets the ball out of his hands quick. It could neutralize Daniil. I don't think our linebacking core is very good. And our secondary, you know, they're, they're showing some signs of improvement, but uh, I can talk myself into either way here very easily. And my I'm hoping that the Vikings don't get off to a poor start because you're right. I think that could steamroll. We have to play with them and then somehow create some sort of turnover. And, oh, by the way, we have to hang on to the ball, which we've struggled with all year. Last game was a yeah. little better, but it's just something yeah. that we've struggled with. So I could talk myself either way. I'm not predicting a Vikings win, Todd. I, 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 have, yeah. I have picked I think, San Francisco think, handily. Yeah. I think Joey Bosa will create a turnover off of Kirk Cousins early in the game, and, and it will swing right there. All right, personnel decision for you. If the New York Jets were able to eat some cap space and eat some salary, would you take Delvin Cook back? No. No. No, I mean, just no. You're not interested at all. Why? Why? What's the point? The the point would be is... I I don't... He was... I watched Delvin Cook the last two years. He was one of only five full-time running backs in the NFL last year to have a negative expected yards game. I, I, I realize that Alex Madison drops passes that he shouldn't and doesn't have the explosive speed, but Delvin Cook doesn't move the needle enough for me that he's going to make any difference in wins and losses. So why would you go back? Yeah, I'll reiterate, uh, you said this a couple years ago, and I don't think anybody will remember it other than me because I was sitting in the chair across from you. Delvin Cook was... Other people remember what I say. Well, not all the time. But in this one, Todd, (laughs) you were were dead on. I'm going to give you props. Delvin Cook had high, high usage for for two straight years, and that wears on the hardest position to play in the NFL right now because the life expectancy is so short. And again, it's going to be yeah. hard to get your bag of money. Somehow, Jonathan Taylor got it, uh, but it's just going to be so hard because of that, because of that usage rate. And his was so high that I think that yeah. that finally has caught up with him. Don't you think? Yeah, uh, I thought it caught up with him a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, good point. And, and his, Although I thought his, he had a pretty, his, I thought he had a pretty good year last year. Yeah, not if you check the analytics. That's why the Vikings moved on from him. He, he, he gained yards because he was the Vikings' main back. Every running back does. I mean, look around at all the undrafted free agents uh, that, that are – what was Pacheco for Kansas City, a third or fourth round, yeah. fifth round pick. Uh, everybody gains yards in the NFL if you have any kind of an offense, if you're a high-usage back, which Delvin Cook was. So he gained yards, sure. But if you look at the analytics, they've been bad on him for two years. 
Well, good point. Well, Todd, thanks for taking time out of your busy driving schedule to join us today. We appreciate that, and uh, make sure you get home safe, all right? All right, talk to you. All right, that's Todd Bregeth here on the Todd and Friends Podcast, brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. I'm Greg Snow. Thank you all, and have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends Podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.